AI Mentors is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting and networking needs. Our podcast, AI Mentors, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI Mentors cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. Hi, and welcome to the AI Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today, we're delighted to have Dr. Tristian Beres, the AI guru on the show. Tristian is an AI educator and a yoga teacher. Tristian, it's great to have you on the show. Namaste. Thanks for inviting me. Tristian, look, really excited to have you on the show. Uh, ever since you spoke at my uh, January meetup, uh, AI in Action, you spoke about uh, deep reinforcement learning. I thought you were a very interesting person. Great talk. Uh, ever since then, I've been like, hey, i got to have you on the show. And look, now I have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was for me. It was amazing to come back to Berlin and give a talk about this autonomous driving and deep reinforcement learning. It's like like a topic of mine which I really really like. And well, it was quite spontaneous, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, organized <laughs> at a, a very short notice. Yeah. So, I suppose, Christian, uh, talking about data science, you know, what what made you choose a career in data science? It's one word: curiosity. Um, I come from the computer science background. I did a PhD in artificial intelligence and I always wanted to become a game developer. So when I started programming, I started game developing. Something that I did when I did a PhD is when I published a couple of games on the App Store. And then I wanted to go in the industry, into industry because, well, how can I say, academia has certain things that I grew to dislike. And so it was just the thing just follow my curiosity and go to, to the industry to see how the big players really do software engineering. Okay. And what was it particularly about academia you didn't like? I suppose based on the market, a lot of the feedback we hear is, you know, the data sets are very rigid. They're not changing almost to a sense that, they, that they're not really challenging because it, it, it stays the same versus industry where it's going gonna, it's gonna to fluctuate on a daily minute seconds basis almost. Yes, exactly, exactly. That's, that's the whole point. Uh, back in academia, everything was not really rigid. It was a little slow in, in a good way. And it was not really close to really something that you would apply on an everyday basis in the real world. So you learn many, many technologies, many, many fancy, sophisticated technologies, but it's not really probable that one of these technologies is going to end up on the market in the product. Okay. And the one of the big challenges we have from people who would have come from an academia background to make that initial transition I find it quite tough how did you how did you make the transition from academia into industry we have a german saying which is jumping into the cold water <laughs> i i just did um, I got my PhD and then I met a recruiter who became like my boss and he just placed me at a position at Volkswagen AG in Wolfsburg. If you were speaking to anyone else who was in the position uh, of, a, of a researcher or in academia and wanted to move into industry, what, what advice would you offer them? Um, keep an open mind that things are going to change, at least a little. Well, academia is not really focused on products. Okay papers and phd thesis kind of are products but they're not real products in the industrial sense and in industry you're focused on creating a product and maybe applying some of these fancy agile things like scrum in order to get there 
Um, basically, you learn an up-to-date tool set, you learn up-to-date structures and processes, and then you go into a world where you are product-centered. Within that, you, you've navigated yourself quite a successful career. You mm -hmm. went from academia to Volkswagen to, to Porsche, uh, worked on some very interesting projects in both, then yes. into Data Science Retreat to being a, mm -hmm. a dean of the School of AI, and then right, right into your current uh, almost almost self-employed role as a freelancer yeah. where you're doing data science advisement to, to companies and being an AI educator. Like, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to navigate a career if they wanted to follow a similar path to you? <laughs> Never stop. Learn a lot. <laughs> Learn a lot and talk about what you've learned. Well, my, my development is just like a metamorphosis and going in different directions just comes with age. <laughs> yeah was quite natural for me. Um, this is something um, you mentioned that I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm a little bit interested in um, spirituality and there's something like the idea of going with the flow. And for me, it just felt naturally to go from academia to industry and then into freelancing for like reshifting my focus on teaching. Just Excellent. felt good. Excellent. I, I suppose within those roles, you would have been working with data science as, as an early age data science before companies really put a value on on data and, and how it could actually benefit a business. What sort of internal politics did you did you deal with? Um, well, industry is usually you have to deal with hierarchies. So if you go to a big company, there's a big hierarchy and then usually there's little politics. Um, it's, it's always the case, it always uses a, a little bit of your time, but beyond that, there's still enough time to do many, many great things. Look, I know it's, it's always the business people who are saying, hey, give us ML, give us AI, but right. we're, not change, we're not changing anything, we're not moving anything, and we're not spending extra money. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I like, see that. <laughs> like, how do you combat that? Like, let's say for like the, the, the people out there who get, told they're going to be working on the coolest jobs in data science and essentially they join a company and they're a data janitor they're answering mm -hmm. boring mm -hmm. tickets and they're not they're not the sexy data scientist that they were told mm -hmm. they were going to be like, how would you try and get that message across to the business people that they can see value in data you have to keep in mind that when it comes to data science machine learning deep learning artificial intelligence in already established companies those already established companies depending on the size have a momentum. So it's not easy to change the direction they are in. You can change it a little, and if you do a little bit more effort, you can change it even more. So what I see here is that the best thing you could do is somehow manage to lead by example, and leading by example is creating prototypes that really show what can be done, for example, with deep learning, and then showing this or these prototypes, preferably have a couple of those, to people who can make decisions. And you can use this prototype in an excellent way in order to show that, well, look at this, here's a use case. You can use this technology and solving this problem like takes a couple of hours training. And then you have this thing which you can turn into a product. And I've seen prototypes like this turning into eye-openers for, for managers, people who are in sales, even HR, because they get an understanding what's possible. It's like expanding their horizon. And I think there's something that's really, really worthwhile. Yeah, no, look, that, that, that's fantastic advice. Um, really being able to, to make the difference and, and chase the role you know, that, that, that was sold to you in the beginning. 
So when you've done all that, as an individual, how do you create value with data science? Well, there's a couple of ways. Um, when it comes to my freelancing activity, I had to decide if I go into a topic or if I go into products. Um, as you can see from my portfolio, I'm not really a guy who has its own product. So I'm just helping people developing products. It's either um, a direct involvement with me as an like data scientist or machine learning engineer, helping them creating um, prototypes, MVPs and products. Or on the other side, it's the thing that I currently prefer is that I do this heavy, heavy education where I meet with people and teach them technologies hands on. So everyone who attends one of my trainings, well, you have to be aware that you are going to do the programming while I do a little talking. And this is the thing where I try to act as a multiplicator for knowledge. So I know a couple of things and I'm very happy if I can teach people those things. And I tell you that I met with many, many people and I did many, many trainings with those people. And it turned out that a couple of them even used the knowledge in order to create um, prototypes in their companies after I've left. Excellent, excellent. That's that's very good. It must be very satisfactory for you to hear that as well. Yeah, it is. It's very, very rewarding. It's like you you, you tell someone how to, to, to walk and then they run a marathon. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. And look, what advice do you have for people if they want to become a top data scientist? Yeah, it's practice. Um, there's a saying in yoga that yoga is 1% theory and 99% practice, that you really do something. I mean, I could spend a whole day reading stuff about deep learning, the newest approaches, reading papers one after the other. But the, the biggest benefit is if you take something that you have learned and put it into something that works. So read something and then apply it. Okay. And in terms of like keeping up to date with, with technology, what sort of advice would you have around that to keep up with the trends? <laughs> Again, you have to be very patient because there's so much information. Like on an everyday basis, I just every morning I have this routine when I go through my usual channels. So I am a member of a couple of Facebook groups about deep learning. Um, I always look at my newsfeed and LinkedIn and I could just spend a whole day reading the first links that I get <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning. And you have to get your channels right. Talk to the right people, um, follow the right people everywhere and then you get all the information. And then, well, you have to start filtering. If you're currently like I am today in a natural language processing mode, then I just dedicate myself to natural language processing and for the time being ignore everything that has to do with robotics. Excellent, brilliant. And um, look, we both know you're very social on LinkedIn. You mentioned you're on Facebook. You've got a YouTube channel as well, uh, giving tutorials or also recording of, of previous trainings or, or meetups or speakings that you've done. Like, yeah. What do you see to yourself? Like, what are the benefits of you being, being so social? I like people, <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> Uh, I like to talk to like-minded individuals who have similar interests because this is where I do lots and lots of learning. And learning for me is one of the driving forces in my life. I already mentioned the curiosity, which kind of um, ensured that I end up in industry, which also ensured that I end up in industry doing freelancing. That's the whole thing. I can do so many things. I can, can read so many books, but if I talk to be people, I learn more and faster. 
it's it's not easy to be social and everyone's always saying you got to be social on social media but how do you start where, where, where does the where does it all start do you start with linkedin do you start with youtube do you do it all <laughs> i started with facebook and then i moved to linkedin because linkedin seems to have um, it seems to be more information flowing when it comes to industry stuff uh, YouTube is something that I started recently. It's now growing. It's not uh, a success yet, but it's it's really really growing. So I try to like my my main channel is LinkedIn, the written word. And my secondary channel is YouTube and and podcasts, like we do right now, um, with spoken word and videos. Okay, and then fa Facebook falls in um, at the end where it all began. Yeah, right. Oh, Facebook <laughs> is like both. <laughs> to, just to tell you a secret, um, every time I write a blog on my homepage, I, I just put it into all the channels that I have on Facebook and I also put it on LinkedIn. So it's a very simple routine which takes like one minute. Okay, okay. And um, that's that, that's really good advice. So we've spoke about the benefits of being social, how to start, but how do you build yourself a name and a reputation? I mean, a lot of people can just post about data science, share content, but you've created almost a brand. You are mm -hmm. Christian Behrens, the AI guru. Yes. You know, how did you do that? T t tell me the story you behind it. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, it's not really, it's not even like a best practice or um, it's, it's no secrets. That's, that's for certain. It's just dedication. I have something that I'm extremely curious about. And this happens to be artificial intelligence. That's why I did my PhD in this. And I'm very motivated to turn my curiosity into a benefit of others. And well, it just falls into place because if I want to talk to as many people as possible, I'll not go to a cafe and talk to random people, but I open channels and Facebook and LinkedIn, all our channels. That's very rewarding in the end because I get so many, I don't know if I told you the story, but it's like I have so many people talking to me on LinkedIn and I really, really like this because people come to me and they have deep learning data science problems. And then if I got the time, I just spend like 15 minutes helping them a lot. And then they come back and like a week later and well, it turned out to be a success. Accuracy is very, very high. Thank you very much. It's very, very rewarding. Yeah, pretty much what you said. Teach someone how to walk and they're, and they're going to run a marathon. Right. <laughs> Right. It's the thing that I cannot help them doing the baby steps. I just say, have a look at this paper, maybe read this book, check out this video, and then, hmm, do you understand? Come back in a week. And they usually do. That's excellent. Excellent bit of content sharing. That's exactly what these, these means and social platforms are there and they've been created for. Right. You are listening to the AI Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Today we were speaking with Tristian Berlins, the AI guru, the AI educator and the yoga teacher. Tristian, thank you for your time. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Namaste. Get the Aldous advantage. Become a member of the Aldous community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. 
For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.